Good morning, everyone, and welcome to uh, yet another amazing webinar. Today, our guests are Ash Jones and Claudia Cardinale of Great Influence. So I've known Ash for a while now, having been introduced by our mutual friend, Kelly Molson, the amazing Kelly Molson. Yeah. She is incredible. I absolutely love her to bits. Ash is one of those people whose achievements uh, speak for themselves. He's one of the founding team at Social Chain, the agency which was until recently led by the globally renowned Stephen Bartlett and was floated to become a public company earlier this year. One of the things you will find from Ash is that he's one of the most self-effacing people you will ever meet. In a sense, he's the perfect personal brand builder because it's something he does so naturally but he doesn't actually necessarily seek the limelight himself, which in an era of marketing superstars and entrepreneurs as the new rock stars is actually really refreshing to just be around someone who's there to help people in the most genuine sense. I'm also really excited to be sharing this morning with Claudia, who was Ash's first ever hire. She is one of our industry's rising stars. When it comes to personal branding, again, Claudia is a natural, seemingly just, quote unquote, getting it. I've loved watching her journey. And while this is one of her first speaking gigs, I've no doubt this will be the beginning of something special in the coming years. She's absolutely someone I really admire. Today's session on personal branding is relevant because we live in an era where we crave humanity more than ever. So hiding behind a brand is a choice that you can make. But for my money, it's a choice where you're going to be missing out on a hell of a lot of opportunity, especially given the platforms that are available to us right now. Whether you're in the SME space and you're looking to build your clients list or you're striving for something larger than that, personal branding is an integral part of building a brand for a company as well. Inevitably, this means that the future is no longer just a logo. It's a series of faces living consistent values. And today we're going to explore that. Today's session will run as a presentation and then a Q&A. Although now is the time to get your questions in. For those of you who haven't attended a Marketing Meetup event before, then the line is that the questions which get asked earlier on, are generally speaking, the ones that get answered because those are the ones that get the most thumbs up. So if you've got a question, get them in nice and early. And when you are in the Q&A feature, use the thumbs up feature, just so people can get the best questions to the top. Before we get going with the presentation, I just want to say a huge thank you to the sponsors for enabling us to continue doing what we're doing. We are coming towards like year end now and, and stuff like that. So I really need the community's help in pushing how valuable these sponsors are to all of us in enabling us to do what we can. So I've made one ask of you, which is just please say thank you to, to the companies that were listed in the pre-event email, that'll be listed in the post-event email and will be mentioned now. So uh, a huge thanks to Content Cow, Pitch, Fiverr, Redgate, Cambridge Martin College, Lidu, Brand, Further, Third Light and Human. One ask is very simply just to say thank you. And then you can do that via LinkedIn, which hopefully you will be feeling very motivated to be using after today's talk. So with all that said, and with the participant count nearly clicking over to 300, Ash, Claudia, it's over to you. Thanks for the kind words. I think that's the greatest intro that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I do my best. I try. Yeah. I try. And I spoke to Kelly Molson in here as well. Hello. Thank you for introducing me and Joe. Absolutely. We love you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so th this, uh, this is Claudia's first webinar, I think, as well. And it's also Claudia's birthday. So oh, it's a very special day. <laughs> Happy birthday, Claudia. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right, let me pull up this presentation. Cool. <laughs> Hopefully this is working. You can see the screen. How to build an amazing personal brand. Okay. 
just a little intro introduction. I'm Ash and obviously Claudia as well. And we run a business called Great Influence and Great Influence has been going since mid 2018. And essentially we help CEOs and founders to build their personal brands. And there's a few people, notable people that you may have heard of that we've helped along the way in Great Influence and prior to that as well. So Stephen Bartlett, I've known Steve for eight years now and we work together at Social Chain and you'll hear a bit later, but that was my job at Social Chain was to help Stephen in building his personal brand, which has gone on to, to do amazing things. And then Umar Kamani, who's the CEO of Pretty Little Thing. They're one of the UK's top fast fashion brands. Oliver Cookson, who's the founder of MyProtein. Julian Hearn, who's the founder of Huel. Don McGregor, who was the co-founder of Social Chain, recently left alongside Steve. Sasha Lord, who's the founder of Partlife and Warehouse Projects. And Chris Donnelly, who is the founder and CEO of Verb Brands. So what are you gonna to learn today? I feel like the marketing meetup, these events and webinars are always really good because they're a little bit different in the, they not only are interesting to watch, but you also take something away. So that's whenever I've done something with the marketing meetup, I've always tried to make it so that people will leave in a better position to do the thing that we're talking about today than they arrive with. So hopefully that'll, that'll be the aim. And there's two sections, really two things you're going to learn. Firstly, how building a personal brand will change your life. And I know it's only 8.30 in the morning, but it's a very deep thing. This can change your life. Ask anyone in here who's built a personal brand. Joe is like a great example. It's probably changed Joe's life for the better just through putting himself out there more and it's helped build the market and meet up. Um, and his personal brand is a huge reason why we're all sat here today. And me personally, personal branding has helped build my business. It's helped change my life and the people around me as well. Steve and Dom specifically, it's changed their lives and, and continues to. And, I, and it sounds a bit cheesy to say, but I truly believe if you do it consistently and consistently, it can change the game for you. There's no two ways about it. I've seen it so many times now. And then I'll go into to seven, seven key things to really know about building a personal brand. And hopefully they're things, lessons from over the past few years that I just think of the fundamental things. There's so many things that you can talk about with personal branding, but it's like, what are the fundamental things you need to know getting into this? So yeah, how building a personal brand will change your life. And I'm going to use, obviously I could talk about how it's helped clients and things like that, but I always feel that it's better to talk about your own experiences. And I think personal branding is a thing that people think is maybe off limits and is only for a certain few. It's not just for the Stephen Bartlett's of this world who are insanely talented and people think that you have to be a Stephen Bartlett to build a personal brand and it's really not the truth. It helps, but I believe that anyone can. And we're gonna talk about mine and Claudia's own personal experiences in how building a personal brand has changed our lives. And we're just two normal people. Like, I'm not Stephen Bartlett. I'm not super talented. I'm just a normal guy from a normal place doing normal things. And through understanding these things, it's helped me change my life. And I know Claudia has got a great story with it as well. So Claudia, do you want to jump in at this point? So I thought these posts really at the milestones of my LinkedIn journey. So basically at the end of 2019, I thought I did 2019 by the way. So 2020 really topped that. Decided basically I was going to get my shit together and start posting on LinkedIn. This post on the left here was the first post that I did that, that got 100 likes, and I was absolutely buzzing about it. I was so pleased. And that was really the like tipping point for, for me thinking, okay, maybe this is like I'm onto something with this. Um, so I did what everyone else did at the start I would share stuff, I would comment on other people's things, wasn't really sure where I was going with it. I was working in student marketing at the time, which I absolutely loved. I loved talking to students. I had a rocky road when I left uni, didn't know what I wanted to do. So for me, it was all about helping people 
figure out what they wanted to do and make that kind of time frame for them as easy as I possibly could. So that's what I started posting about. And the next post, so this middle one here is the first one where I was like, okay, like the, the likes and engagement on it went a bit mental. And I was like, just didn't really think that was gonna happen. Didn't know that was gonna happen on that post. And it was great for me as well, because it was something that I felt really strongly about, which was like, has been the added benefit for the whole way through. And then I think when I really started to realize that like personal branding was like an amazing thing in itself, as opposed to just posting on LinkedIn, was this post on the right here. I use the hashtag quarter life crisis in a lot of my posts because that's what I post about. And someone actually messaged me, they saw that I used the hashtag and said, do you want to be on this podcast called quarter life crisis? And that was like when opportunities start coming to me as a result of LinkedIn. So I think that was like the tipping point again to realizing that personal branding is amazing for opportunities. It's great to write about things. It's great to help people out on LinkedIn. But when the opportunities start coming to me, that was when I really realized that, okay, yeah, this is exactly what I want to be doing. Then the next slide so this happened as a result of the very lovely Joe sitting right there. Joe did a post as he does every now and again about recommending people to follow on LinkedIn. And Ash was actually one of those people. So I dropped him a little message saying, let's know more about personal branding. And as a result of that, I am literally sitting here today. <laughs> so let's yeah. say thanks to Joe. And secondly, yeah, it's just the, the power behind LinkedIn. Honestly, it amazes me daily. And I've been posting for about a year now. It's just crazy. And like a little message like that has led to one of the biggest opportunities I've ever had. So yeah, that's my story in a nutshell. And for Claudia as well, like personal branding is the reason why she sat on this webinar. Like she said that at the start of the year, she wanted to network more and one of the things that she did first was go to a marketing meetup event at the start of the year and then she on LinkedIn more and then now she's doing a webinar on the marketing meetup in the same year which is it's all down to like personal brand and building that and like she said the opportunity kind of opportunities open themselves after that just through putting yourself out there more and <clears throat> my story in personal branding really I started at the found, founding team of Social Chain and my role was marketing director at first. And really my KPI was to figure out how to make brands and agencies know who Social Chain were. And how I went about that was very conventional. I literally Googled, what does a marketing director do? As I'd never been one before, so I didn't know. And Google told me that the conventional way to do B2B marketing was to do white papers, run the social chain, social media channels, do PR, do events, do case study videos, all this kind of stuff. And everything that we did was by the conventional book of what to do, which was the opposite of what social chain was about. So I feel like it was the only area that in that first year of social chain, we went against what we believed as people was the right thing to do. And I looked to what others were doing to do it. And that was the mistake that I made was trying to do it a way that we didn't believe in. And we spent 12 months doing marketing in not the wrong way, but it just wasn't the best way. And then we realized after that first year, we sat down and looked at where all the opportunity for the business was coming from. And 0% came from what I did and 80% came from what Steve Bartlett did. So we very quickly changed what our marketing would be and our marketing would become Stephen Bartlett, that was the thing that made the most sense. And somebody said it the other day, like within B2B, especially personal branding just really makes sense because it's the top of the funnel. So people buy from people, especially B2B brands find it very difficult to be heard as B2B brands. We all pay attention to consumer brands. We don't pay attention to B2B brands, but we pay attention to the people within B2B brands. They're the important thing. And <clears throat> That's how it worked at Social Chain. Steve Bartlett was our top of the funnel. And so we lent into that, that became our market. And that became my job was to help Steve. And I did that for three, three and a half years. And now I think it's safe to say 
he's one of the biggest influencers in business in this country and still like a, a young rising star as well. It's a journey that will keep growing as well. And yeah, I, being part of that was an amazing experience of understanding the opportunity of personal branding. And that opportunity alone, like Stephen Bartlett's personal brand gave me the opportunity to start Great Influence, which is the, my first experience of personal brand, seeing the opportunity pay off onto me. It was the door opener. When I left Social Chain and set up Great Influence, I was able to meet people and people wanted to talk to me and people were intrigued because I'd worked with Steve Bartlett because he had this huge personal brand. It was opening opportunities for me and personal branding has been the only thing that I've done in two years. The only thing I've done is speak on stage and post online about my thoughts on personal branding and more recently about the business and things like that. <clears throat> And that's built the entire business. It's been word of mouth and networking. People just seeing something and saying, oh, it'd be interesting to speak. And this is how it works. I think this is what I'm always trying to achieve with clients. You say, what's the ROI of building your personal brand? And it's very hard to attach an ROI to brand awareness, but it all happens in DMs, I feel. And these are some examples from the last literally the last two weeks of my own DMs, where I think the one on the bottom that's in blue really summed up what I'm trying to do. And this person said, hi, Ash, I saw your post today after another connection reacted to it. And I found it an interesting read. I'd appreciate connecting. And it was just in that one moment, I was like, there it is. I've posted something that's essentially when I post, I'm trying to tick two boxes. I'm trying to strengthen my relationships with my existing audience. And I'm trying to also reach a new audience potentially. And in that one post, I've done those two things. So this person was connected with someone that's connected with me. I posted a piece of content. The person between us likes it. This person sees it, finds it interesting, connects in with me. So the person who liked it in the first place is already connected with me and I'm strengthening my relationship and then it's also helped build a new one. And this is how it always goes down. People saying, I've seen a few things you've been posting. It's definitely piqued my interest. Your last post resonated with me. Really need to talk to you more about great influence and potentially working with you. And it's all just people see something and what they see is helping further their perception of what we do. And I'd say that's really like personal branding in a nutshell, especially when it comes to LinkedIn which is a lot of what we focus on. And to sum it up, I think, yeah, it's exactly that. Understand how you want to position yourself, repeatedly post content, and then opportunities come off the back of that. And I saw this, which is from a book called Key People of Influence by Daniel Priestley, which is really interesting if, if anyone wants to learn more about influence and personal branding. And it says, in every industry, there are key people of influence. Their names come up in conversation. They attract more opportunities. They earn more money. And I was speaking with uh, someone about it last night in that within the book, it says that it takes a brave person to become a key, pe key person of influence. To build your personal brand, it takes bravery. So there's only a small number of people who are brave enough to do it consistently to a very high degree. And those 1% of people attract 90% of the opportunity in an industry. And I've seen it where it's almost like they get all the opportunity and they decide first whether they want it or not. And then it passes off to lesser influential people after that. And <clears throat> I've seen it through my own experiences where people have said, oh, you need to talk to Ash. Like my name's come up in conversation and I'm just a normal guy, but something that I've been doing has meant that my name's come up in conversation. It's all about all around this idea of building influence. And I was actually having a conversation with Steve Bartlett recently, and it really distilled what I think personal branding comes down to. And it's these two things, social proofing and noise. So the social proofing, which I think this is a really important thing, you have to be doing good work or you have to be building something that people find interesting 
or that people care about or want to know about. <clears throat> Without that, you're just making a lot of noise with nothing, on, there's no substance to it. So you need the, the credibility <clears throat> or the good work. And then the important thing after that is the noise. You've got to make noise about it. And, <clears throat> excuse me, what's, what Steve was saying was this analogy that apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, but daddy long legs is one of the most poisonous animals in the world, but it's got no fangs. So the social proofing is the poison and the noise is the fangs. So you can have all the social proofing in the world. You can have the best business in the world. But if you don't make any noise about it, no one's going to know about it. And if that saying of if a tree falls in the wood and no one's around to hear it, did it actually happen? So it's that idea of <clears throat> you have to be doing great work, first and foremost. And then you also need to make a lot of noise about it. If you're doing great work without making the noise, there's a chance that somebody else that's not doing as good a work that's making more noise is going to sweep up the opportunity off the back of it. I've seen it many times, talk to uh, agency owners who have talked about other agencies who aren't apparently as good as theirs. They don't do as good work or they're a lot less experienced or they're new to the scene and they're winning more work than they are. And they're like, it's just because they're making more noise about it. So the, so the noise is actually more important than the social proofing, but the social proofing is where real personal brand value is built. So that's kind of like why, and I think everyone in here will have their own understanding of why. Like I, I don't, I feel like now, especially in 2020, we don't need to explain why personal branding is really important. I think that for a lot of us, personal branding is the only thing that we can lean on right now to market ourselves in a world where everything is online. We can't see people, we can't sell in person. So your online presence becomes the marketing and it's never more um, important than right now. So now I'm gonna move into just a few things that we've learned along the way. And they're really fundamental things. Um, I think I'll say that if you want to learn about the full execution, look at who we work with on social. You can see the people like examples here, like Dominic McGregor, go look at what he's posting and you can learn about how to do the execution of it. But the fundamentals are the things that you need in place first before even thinking about the content. And number one, why are you doing it? What's the fundamental reason that you're trying to put yourself out there? For me, it's helping build great influence. And I had a conversation with someone last night and he was saying how he'd posted content over the start of the year and it was doing amazing. He was getting like six, 700 likes per piece of content. And then he stopped and he hit a wall and he was like, I just stopped doing it. And he'd lost his why for doing it. Like, why was he doing it in the first place? And I think it's when you don't have that why, you can lose the consistency if you don't really understand it. Like, I could always be consistent now because I very clearly know why I'm doing it and I believe in the reasons for doing it. And the yeah. consistency is like the most understated thing in all of this. You have to be consistent. Talk to Joe. He's been posting for like, he sent me his stats on how much he's posted in the past year. And he's been consistent as hell. And the only reason I'm assuming here that he's been able to be consistent is because he has a very clear why for that consistency, why he's posting all the time. He knows exactly why and what it's bringing to his business and his life as well. Number one, why are you doing it? Just add on that as well. I think almost as like a double-edged sword with this. So like, why you want to post on LinkedIn? Yeah, you want to build your personal brand, which is amazing. But I don't think that should be the like foundation. I started posting on LinkedIn because I wanted to help students that were going through a rough time because I've been through that experience and I know what it's like. And I think. A weird thing for me, actually, looking back on it, is that I posted about being unemployed on LinkedIn, <laughs> which is not something that I thought that I would do. But that really resonated with people. And I got so many lovely messages from it that helped me. So by helping people messaging me saying, thank you so much, it's really making a difference. And that was so cool. And I think that's what you have to carry on with is you can use LinkedIn or build a personal brand 
to gain something from it for yourself. But if you do it to help other people, it takes the element of likes away because if you can get 10 likes on a post and one person messages you saying, thanks so much, this really helped. Like for me, that's way more worth it. And I think on that point as well, that it's not, I'll touch on it later actually, but it's really not about like likes on LinkedIn. And when you have a very clear why for why you're doing it, you can step away from the, the trap that people fall into. And I'll come back to that. It's a point at the end. Um, but number two, probably the most important one in all this. And I never ever thought that when I got into personal branding, that I'd actually be like a therapist or a coach. I thought that I'd be working with clients to help them post social media content. It turns out that I was very wrong and I'd actually spend most of my time trying to encourage them and make them believe that they've got something valuable to say and not let their own insecurities hold them back. And every single, enough, every single person that I've talked to about personal branding has this exact same insecurity and fear. And I'm going to show you a little video here just to back up this point. So let's see if this works. Okay. If we rewind a couple of years in my own life, a guy called Ash Jones says to me, you should make a YouTube channel. I dismiss the idea, obviously, because I'm like, people are going to think that I think I'm Mahatma Gandhi. Or like people are going to think that I think I'm a genius or that I think I have all the answers. So I'm not doing that. Eventually, after two years, he sits me down in this room and it took about eight or nine hours for us to shoot a two minute video because I couldn't speak. I, I, I was self-conscious and all of these things. And I was plagued by that thought that my friends back home who knew me in school will think, oh, Steve's a dickhead, he's changed. What's he doing? Who does he think he is? And that almost imprisoned me. It almost stopped me from doing the thing that actually liberated me, made me the most fulfilled I've ever been. And by allowing me to be my like truest self. So there you have a very, good example of that overcoming the fear in that I think a lot of people will look at Stephen Bartlett now and think that he's he's just the king of personal branding or something and it's not the case like he he had the exact same insecurities as so many people that I speak to and he had to overcome that and it took a long time of practice of being able to overcome it and it's just such a prevalent thing that I see and you, we're working with a client at the minute and I've been working with him for two years and he's just broke through the fear of us working together for two years. And now you talk to him and he's like the biggest advocate for getting to the other side of the fear. And again, it's that thing of like only 1% of people are brave enough. And I think that's the major thing that everyone should take away from this session is that when you go to click post and you get that feeling in your stomach, the anxiety, we all feel it. I yeah. feel it every single time. Claudia tells me about it almost every day. And clients as well, everyone feels it. One of the people that we work with, he's worth half a billion pounds and he's built an amazing business, done unbelievable things. And he still has to overcome the fear of doing this and putting himself out there more. When I heard that, like even trans clients, when I first started posting, I was terrified. Like it's putting your ideas in a public domain for people to literally judge them. That's terrifying. But I think knowing that everyone goes through that process and once you've done it a couple of times, genuinely it gets so much easier, but it's just going through that like rocky period at the start. My mate's going to take the piss out of me. Why does anyone care what I'm saying? And like, you just literally, have to do it anyway and I think once it's the, like maybe the first 10 posts and then it almost becomes not not easy but easier yeah I think definitely as you go along it gets a lot easier but that anxiety will always be there and I think the thing that's important as well is like commit to a short time frame like say for 30 days I'm going to post and for those 30 days I'm going to try to take my emotion out of it to almost like A, B test whether this is a thing that I should do. And at the end of those 30 days, I'm gonna make a decision of whether it was worth me putting, or me going through all that insecurity and, and anxiety and those kind of things. And I guarantee you at the end of the 30 days, the answer is yes. 
Okay, so number three, pick two to four things that you can talk about consistently. Again, I, we keep talking about consistency a lot here. And I don't mean like a week, I don't mean a month, I don't mean a year, five. And the thing that we see a lot with LinkedIn is people tend to be able to post and then they hit a wall and they can't, it's like going to the gym when you go to the gym, you get in the routine, it's really easy to go to the gym. And then you stop going to the gym and it all of a sudden becomes the hardest thing to get back in the gym. So the consistency is like the most important thing. You need to stay on the hamster wheel. And the only way you can stay on the hamster wheel is by talking about things that you could talk about forever. That's when people start not posting for months because all of a sudden the thing that helped them post is gone or it's dried up or something like that. Whereas like for me now, I tried to talk about two things, really two key things, which is great influence and personal branding. And as long as I'm doing great influence, I'll be able to talk about those two things forever. There's nothing, there's, I just rely on my own experiences and ideas. I'm not relying on anything external. It's all internal. So pick the two to four things that you think you can talk about consistently forever and go all in on those i think is like the, the key advice in terms of content and when you're talking about strategy it comes down to something as simple as this pick two to four things that you can talk about forever and that's what your strategy becomes and number four the skills that come in hand so obviously you can talk about personal branding but i think and and joe and claudia are both great at this the skills that help and those skills we think anyway, are these four. So being a copywriter certainly helps. Being a researcher, being a storyteller, and being an observer. And I think the first one, copywriting, when it comes to LinkedIn, copywriting is king and queen. Yeah, it's number one. If you can learn to be a good copywriter, you can do amazing things on this platform. And I'll use some examples from Don McGregor of what each of those four things looks like. So on the left, a note to all recruiters and hiring managers. This is an example of good copywriting. It's a strong opener. It's speaking directly to a lot of people. The spacing throughout the post is really nice. It's very easy on the eye. It's very digestible. When we're browsing LinkedIn, it's often we're browsing it in the same way we're browsing Instagram, very passively. And what that means is that you can't write essays on there. And big blocks of text immediately put people off. Long lines put people off. So it's a very shorthand, digestible, snackable content platform. And that's why copywriting like this is so important. And then the second one, being a researcher. So Dom loves Disney. He's like the world's biggest Disney fan. So he can talk about Disney forever. That's, he could, one of his four things could be Disney. And he's always looking out for what the what things that he cares about or he loves is happening in the world. So Disney released their Christmas ad yesterday and he's a researcher on the things that he loves. So when Disney posts that Christmas ad, he's seen it and he, he's got his eyes there and then he's able to take it online and say something about it. And then third, storyteller. So there was this news piece a few weeks ago about two brothers that had just bought Asda and a lot of people started talking about it on LinkedIn and what happened at the minute with LinkedIn is something happens and a lot of people talk about it and it's almost like a race to see who gets there first because everyone's saying the exact same thing so you have to be one of the first three to five people that post it otherwise everyone's already seen it there's a way around this and it's by leveraging the news but with your own storytelling. And Dom is a great storyteller. And this piece that happened, he said to us, he was like, oh, we were up against those guys. Me and Steve, EY Entrepreneur of the Year, and we lost. So immediately there's something that's happened in, in the news that people are talking about. And Dom has a great, fantastic story to go with this piece. And it's something that Dom always tries to do is like storytell about his own experiences. And then fourth, being an observer. So Dom is really passionate about, I'd say two key things, mental health and young people. I think if you ask him, those are two things that are really important to him. 
And what he does is he has this great ability to observe those worlds, observe his own world of mental health and observe how mental health is affecting us all in this very current moment. And also with young people, students specifically, he's observing the world that he might not be a student anymore, but he's observing that world and seeing the things that they're going through. And it's helping him come up with his own opinions on it. And I think a lot of this game is down to two things, observing and reflecting. Observe your world internally, like your own business, your own mind, those things, and observe the external world. So your industry and the work, news and all these things. And when you understand the things that you care about, you're able to observe the world looking for those opportunities. And then once you've found the opportunity by observing, you reflect on it. And that's where your opinion and the commentary really comes in. And the actual content comes through is when you reflect on those things that you're observing, if that makes sense. So number five, become a better you. I've seen this a lot where, and I've experienced it as well, actually. I had a conversation with someone and I felt that when we last spoke a year prior, I couldn't speak doing these webinars and through trying to just process my thoughts for content, I feel like I've become better at doing things like this. I've become better at webinars, better at public speaking. I've become better at selling to people as well because I'm just processing my thoughts on my on what I do and how I help people, personal branding. And when you do that for content, it helps you understand it better. You're able to explain it a lot better. You're able to articulate it a lot better, which helps you become a better, whatever I'd say entrepreneur, but a better version of yourself. You're able to sell yourself and able to put yourself across better, your ideas, your thoughts, how you think, your values, your purpose, all these things are improved by this practice of distilling your ideas for content and i've seen it so many times and you just sharpen your sword by doing that process and it's not to say the webinars are still hard like before this went live i was shitting myself and that never goes away but because i've processed enough of my own thoughts on personal branding for the sake of content i'm able to deliver it whilst that anxiety is still there i'm able to get through it because my mind is like, you know what you're talking about because you've done this so many times for content i think claudia would say the same thing with the things that she's done with content yeah i was just going to say i think for me this is maybe the biggest unexpected benefit of posting on linkedin and building a personal brand because exactly like you said you have to filter your thoughts and without meaning to you have to like really almost narrow them down to a point where you can explain them to someone else. And I found that like fascinating. And I think even if you go back through my posts from a year ago to now, they're so different. And I can make a point better. I can explain things better. I can pick out the key pieces if I read an article even, which translates into work and so many other things, which I didn't realize or even think about to begin with. And then number six, play the long game. As I said before, this isn't about a week. It's not about a month. It's not about a year. It's about five. It's about 10. It's about 15. And I think, again, it's that like opportunity. You're through putting yourself out there more and creating content and building your personal brand, you're creating more opportunity and relationships. And when it comes to the next step at any point of your career, you're able to then leverage what you've done. So when I left Social Chain, the biggest regret that I have of leaving Social Chain is that I didn't document Social Chain. I didn't say anything about it anywhere, apart from a bit on my own personal Instagram to my 15 friends back home. And when I came to leave Social Chain, I put a message out on LinkedIn saying, I'm leaving Social Chain, this is what I'm doing. And about 20 people messaged me and I got initial meetings and that really kick-started things. But if I'd have spent the five, four, four, five years of social chain documenting the amazing things that genuinely happened in that business and my experiences within them, even just once a week, but consistently for four or five years, when it came to sending that message of my next step, I'd have had 10 times the amount of meetings. 
and I think it's something that Spencer Gallagher talks about from Agency Nomics. He says like building fame is a 10 year game and that's your aim. We're not doing this for a year. We're not doing this for two years. It's about creating a platform for life. And I genuinely think like from a personal experience, the relationships that I'm making now, I'll still be able to leverage them when I'm 50. And it's, it's that is thinking about the long term of this. And so many people get wrapped up in the short term as well. And that brings me on to the final point, the danger on LinkedIn. So I referenced it before where you can get trapped in this whole thing of likes. And at the minute, LinkedIn, there's a blueprint. I'm not going to lie. There's a blueprint of succeeding on LinkedIn. And that blueprint is find something that's viral or interesting in marketing, such as Burger King telling you to go buy from McDonald's and post it on LinkedIn and get 500 likes and repeat the process. When Burger King do that thing with Stevenage for FIFA, when Primark with the gift wrapping bag, all these things, we've seen them all every single day on LinkedIn. I post them for clients. I'm not saying don't do it, but don't get wrapped up in it because people just think that you just do that and repeat it and you get 500 likes and that's building your personal brand. It's not the truth. It's a very important, it can be a very important part of the content mix. So personal branding, I think you've got to look at it at two sides. So you need to be doing things that can drive high engagement and high reach and high views, but it tends to be that those things drive very little personal brand value and equity. So if you're just posting the things that do high numbers, and the test of this is if you see a piece of content, put your thumb over the person's name and just think, could anyone have posted this? And if the answer is yes, then it's building very little brand equity for that person in terms of their business and their own personal brand. So you've got to have a blend of the two. You've got to have the things that people don't have to care who you are or know who you are to engage with it. The, Burger King, McDonald's thing, whatever. But you've also got to have the things that fundamentally will build your personal brand. And those things might not get 500 likes. And when that happens, it puts people off. If you get 10 likes on a post after getting 500 for every single one, you're going to be like, oh, I shouldn't post about that again. But you've not thought about the equity that post is building. I think I've had conversations with Joe on this before where he says like he posts marketing meetup webinar links and they might only get five likes or 10 likes but he'll get 15 20 signups and one signup is worth more to joe and the marketing meetup than 10,000 likes on a mcdonald's burger king post that doesn't drive any signups and it's the danger that so many people are falling into right now where they just get trapped in the thing of likes and don't get me wrong it's important like i say we do it for clients but it's about creating within the two to four things that you talk about make sure that some of those things going to build the personal brand equity that really sell people on what you do why you do it who you are what you're about there's some good examples where there's somebody that i know in business and after about a year of him posting he starts posting him playing piano and like helicopter, he's got a pilot's license and he, he drives his helicopters around. And all of a sudden I see him playing like a, a weekend song on the piano. And I'm like, I love that song. I DM him and we start having a conversation about music. And in that moment, my relationship with that person is deeper than we've, we've gone past business. We've gone into something else. And it's those things where it's like your personality and the personality of your business and the things that you add value to. And it's really important that you think about not just the stuff that's easy wins, the stuff that will actually build long-term personal brand value and make you a person of influence, not just somebody who gets a lot of likes on LinkedIn. And I think that's something that a lot of people are falling into right now. Yeah, on that quickly, I think with personal branding, a lot of people get bogged down with the brand side of it and they think they should be doing x y and z like constantly performing at a certain level but the personal part of it is there for a reason because it's genuinely people wanting to get to know you and like things like music or if you go hiking at the weekends like 
you're building a relationship with someone that's a point of building a personal brand so people want to know all this stuff about you because it makes them feel closer to you so i think it's really important to share that stuff as well and then the final point we come back to this will literally change your life i can see joe nodding yes yes ask anyone dm anyone who you think is a person of influence or you think oh that person's got a good personal brand and ask them hey one question has building your personal brand changed your life? The answer is yes, without doubt. Like I say, it's a little deep for quarter past nine in the morning, but this stuff can change your life. And I'm seeing it personally every day and I'm nobody. So if it can change mine, it can change anyone's. I think that my biggest regret with personal branding is not starting, not starting five years earlier than I did. 100%, couldn't have said it better. We are done. That's our presentation. Love it. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. There were some amazing points there. I think so. Obviously, I was keeping a good eye on the on the Q and A and the comments as we go through. And and there's a few points there which I just want to pick up on. The first was on the confidence aspects mm -hmm. of things. And and actually, yeah, there was a great great chat thing there which said actually need to stop saying you're nobody because you're definitely not <laughs> but so the first one was about confidence because i think that's something that we all feel and inevitably it, it, it is it's, there's no right answer because it's our own personal journey on all of this and i think there was an awful lot in the chat box there like folks was agreeing that it's their own personal journey and stuff like that so when it comes to finding confidence i don't think there's ever going to be one answer where it's like, yep it's not like you can tell someone to be confident. You just got to give it a go and work through it. The second was the why. I think that really does carry things through. Thirdly, the points about picking two to four subjects. So having had the benefit of knowing Ash for a little while, this was one of those sort of revel revelatory moments where it was like, yeah, it really makes sense to become known for two to four things rather than everything ever. And more than that, it's also just being known for yourself so of course be known for yourself but if you can nail in on two to four things which you become the person that's known for that thing that feels like a really good thing and then finally it was also your point about the business objectives not just vanity likes and again there are lots of stuff in the chat box where people were speaking about how vanity likes didn't mean anything and it's so true and you gave the example of the post which actually moved my business for me personally are probably not the ones which get the most likes and while it's i i personally treat linkedin a bit like a diary it's something which i like looking back on over the course of time like claudia mentioned that her posts have changed over the course of the years i'll be able to look back on my linkedin in five years time and see what i was posting about then see what i post about now and, and see how it was very different I'm, uh, I'm blabbing on because I'm hoping you guys are getting the opportunity to uh, digest all these amazing comments coming in. Ash, do you want to stop sharing your screen, mate, and we can, uh, we can get some questions in. So the first one, and, and it's not to make you uncomfortable or anything like that, but I think it, it's worth asking. In your client slide, Ash, there were only chaps. So do you, work, do you work with any women? And, yes. Uh, oh, wicked. Yeah. Awesome. I think it's a thing that we spoke about before where LinkedIn is a very male dominated platform. That's the truth. And it needs to change. Unfortunately, there's more, I can imagine it makes it an intimidating place. I wouldn't know personally, I can't say firsthand, but I can imagine it would be intimidating if you're a woman to put yourself into a very male dominated environment. So it may be a little more difficult, but there is people that are doing it and we work with two women, Natasha Courtney Smith, who's an incredible, she's got an incredible story, an incredible entrepreneur, and she's an absolute barrel of laughs as well. And Anila Rose, who again is like really inspirational and through learning and working with her, the story is incredible again. And then Katie Leeson from Social Chain is like a shining example of personal branding in a very short space of time, like nine months, she was able to build an unbelievable personal brand. And Kelly Molson, again, like 
unbelievable personal brand. And then I might be biased, but Claudia, unbelievable mm-hmm. personal brand. And yeah, I, I don't have a great answer. Like it's a very male dominated environment. And I've had the conversation that we want to start working with more women. And it wasn't a thing where we decided to start working with more women. Then we started working with Tash and no, these were just natural. Like any other client is we work with great entrepreneurs who we believe have a story to tell. We have a fit for, we don't just take anyone on. They have to be of, of a certain potential. And we feel like there's a story to tell there. And it wasn't a conscious decision of we have to work with more women now. It's just if somebody has the potential and, and has a great story to tell. But yeah, hopefully there's been a few shining examples in the past 12 months, especially, and hopefully that continues now. Absolutely. That's fine. Cool. So we've got a question from Rory, who is a copywriter and a great chap. And he asks, at a time where people are trying to become brands and brands are trying to become people, is there a happy medium and is there a sweet spot for both? And is that the same sweet spot or does a brand need to cultivate a personal branding mindset or is it a completely different scenario? Uh, I think in B2B, it's very difficult. I think you're seeing in consumer brands, they're all adapting like people tone of voices mm-hmm. on Twitter and stuff like that. But B2B is still B2B and it's a lot more, I don't think it's impossible though, like Social Chain for an uh, an example, when their marketing team really ramped up like 2017, up until now, they've built an unbelievable like marketing department and do great things as a brand online. And they've not tried to sound like Stephen Bartlett or anything. They've stayed like a B2B brand in their tone of voice. I don't know. I don't know if there's a right way to do it. I, th- I think with B2B, it's just difficult to do that transition where you're seeing it in consumer brands now where they're starting to talk like people and it works. I think B2B is still very B2B. Yeah, sweet. Makes sense. There's, there's a question here that I want to ask you, Claudia, because it's on authenticity and I think it's something that you do so well. So the question is authenticity is vital in business. What do you think is the best way to ensure that the authenticity comes across in your own personal brand and indeed that of your business? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think it just really comes down to focusing on like those two or three things you pick to talk about. And I think the Burger King Stevenage thing is a great example. Like anyone could post could have posted about that, but if it's not relevant to you and it's not important to you, and I think coming back to posting things about what you want to post about as opposed to what you think other people want to see and there's a very fine line between that and like sometimes I convince myself that I'm actually posting for myself when deep down I probably know that I'm not and that's reflected in the way that people engage with my posts if it's something that I feel passionately about and I feel strongly about then it tends to do better because the way that I'm writing and the way that it comes across obviously better but I think it's just yeah important to stick to your values and like what, gen- what you genuinely find authentic. I think we see it with client work as well. Like we always say it's the most important thing is that we get their personality in there in, in the majority of posts that we do. And we talk about, me and Claudia talk when we've had conversations with clients, we're like super useful. Just under- we understand them a little better just from talking to them. And you really start to see like their personality bleed through and then that comes into the content. And it's so easy to make like generic content. And mm. I think the thing that really separates like good personal branding from just personal branding is the personality. And it's something that like Dom is a huge for it is really good. Like he'll always, even with these big things that happen that everyone sees on LinkedIn, if you look at Dom when he does it, he always tries to put a little bit of Dom in there even though it's the thing that everyone else is talking about. And it's those minor, it may be a very small thing, but it's a really important thing. I think as well, there's a whole like professional thing with LinkedIn. I'm not saying be entirely unprofessional, but you can show your personality. Like you can make a joke, you can be sarcastic. Like I've definitely done that. And if anything, it's paid off more than just trying to be professional all the time. It's, It's funny that as well, there's a choice there. 
So I've actually found that quite regularly, if I was to ever post something uh, quote unquote, a little bit more negative, then in terms of the likes and stuff like that, and the engagement on the post is actually far more, you get a lot more on it, but there's a choice there because you're choosing to put out negativity into the world as well. So I think personally that I've something that I've made a choice on and, and true to being like hopefully a little bit more authentic to myself is that you try and put out good vibes into the world rather than bad ones. So I think there's a choice about authenticity that you can have here and a choice about optimization when it comes to what you put out into the world. There's loads and loads of questions, so I'm trying to get through them quickly given given the short amount of time we've got left. So we've got a question from Alex who asks, do you, do your clients write their own tweets slash posts or do you? She's thinking about taking this in-house and should she be the one writing uh, posts for the executive team or advise them on how they should write? It's collaborative. So what I tend to say is we need their 10% for us to make it hundreds. And that's the most crucial thing is we've worked with some people, we were, we were having dinner last night with a client and we were saying this, we've been working with a few people long enough that they could just disappear forever and we could be them online every single day and it'd be fine. But that's not building a, gen, a, a genuine, authentic personal brand. It's inauthentic, it's ingenuine. It's, it's all those things. and. So they need to give us the 10%. And that 10% is like what's happening in your business this week, what's happening in your own experiences, your own mind, and taking them out of the bubble of their world to say, hey, what's happening here? And it's bringing things to them and saying, what is your opinion on this? So it's always, we need the 10%. So in terms of the posting, we write everything up, but it comes from like, their idea and then we do the rest of the legwork and make it into like good engaging content so yeah it's i've seen it before where you have marketing teams and like handling the ceo's social media and like, they just don't give us anything and mm. you see the posts and you can tell that the marketing team have done it because it's yeah it just looks generic and you have to get that 10 percent, that little even if it's just a little comment or opinion or something like that the seed has to come from that person. Otherwise, it's not going to build that, that true personal brand value. And actually, the other thing is, it's actually counterproductive because you can tell when someone else hasn't, when someone has, else has wrote it and nobody's took the time to actually get the person's opinion because it's, you can see it's generic. And when that happens with a CEO, you can't come across in that position as someone who is saying basic things. I saw someone the other day say, talk about uh, something from Snapchat for five years ago, like this, the most basic point. And I thought, you've not done that. I can tell because I've had conversations with you and you would never say that because you're someone of value and you've been in this industry for seven years now and you know that's a basic point. So it actually is counterproductive to, it undersells them rather than and and someone in the background is saying oh we just need to post on linkedin this week so we'll get something out yeah yeah counterproductive to what you're trying to achieve i love that and and it actually uh ties into the next question so are you guys okay to go five minutes over just with a couple more yeah, questions? of course sweet so there's a question here from simon to Compress the question, uh, Simon works in a large B2B company and he, he works with stakeholders who are hesitant to get onto LinkedIn and be posting themselves. Mm. So he asks, do you have any advice or tips on how to best win over and work with those at the top of a business who are apprehensive about using LinkedIn? You threw me off when you said apprehensive about LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. which is maybe it's a uh, confidence and it, so you find that people that have been in industries for like 5 10 15 20 years they've worked so hard to build a reputation that they're now going into something new that they're not confident about and they've never done before like posting on linkedin and they're very protective over their reputation rightly so because they've been building it for 20 years and to go do something new is a very again it's like bravery if it's a 
confidence thing, then again, it's I've had to take on the role of, of like encouraging people to put themselves out there more and that takes time. But if it's just the, like the value of it, you just say to them, like, how did you start this business? Their network will have been the driver in those early days and still today, it doesn't matter how far along you are in business, the person who's at the top of the business tends to be a heavy driver for a lot of what happens within the business in terms of opportunities. So if you put it to them like that, it's a no brainer for them because it's just another extension of the face-to-face -face meeting, of the pitch, of the networking event, of the drinks, of the dinner. It's just another one of those. I love that. No, thank you, mate. Cause I, I think that's really spot on and, and hopefully folks can take a lot of sort of, you know, can relax a, bit, a little bit with the pressure of it all. It's an extension of what we do quite naturally mm. when we just interact with other human beings, which is, really the point so there's a question here from sarah and we'll make this the last one i have taken a copy and paste of the rest of them and, and hopefully we'll find a way to get them answered so from sarah how do you balance building the brand of the business versus your personal brand when you're in a small agency slash solopreneur and you are the business yeah. the business is you but you want to grow the business to be bigger than just you and i think this is a great word as well yeah, so I've had this conversation with a client before and we store it at Social Chain, I think, as well, where the smart thing to do at first is like now with great influence, I've got a company page and we'll, we could do a blog and all these things. You won't see us do it until if we're like 30, 40, 50 people, then we'll do all that and we'll leverage the personal brands to get attention onto those channels. And I think it's a smart thing to do when you're in the early stage of building a business. It is you that drives it. So leverage that until there comes a point where the name is like people are starting to pick up on the name. So for the first year of Steve building his personal brand, nobody knew him as Steve Bartlett. He was just the guy in the hat yeah. for 12 months. And then he became, oh, Steve, oh, Stephen Bartlett. Yep, yep, yep. And then after that, it was like, oh, social chain. So it's almost like guy in the hat, Stephen Butler, social chain. That's, that was like the process of learning that people went through. So when that's the case, like people with great influence, I, someone said it to me maybe yesterday or the day before, oh, I'm starting to see great influence in places. And I've been building this business for two years and I never mentioned great influence. And now I'm wearing a great influence t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. so, but it's only at that point where I've, I've got to the point where people like my own name is a driver for it still. And I'm like, okay, that's, it's time to start getting the name of the business out there now that I've got my name out there enough. Mm -hmm. So I think when you're in a small business, it's smart to just hold off on marketing the business for a while. Cause it also takes money to do that. Usually it doesn't take any money to build your own personal brand. So yes, yeah, I think it's a smarter decision to just, unless you really need it, if you can get away with it, just let your the individuals drive the, the marketing and sales and word of mouth for the company and then bring in the brand later when you've got more resource and more time and you can dedicate things to it. Absolutely. Love it. So I think we're going to call it there. There are 37 open questions, which is amazing. I'm really sorry that we can get to them all, but hopefully the ones that we have asked are, you know, the ones which uh, really resonate yeah. with, with the most amount of people. Uh, if anyone has a question, like DM us afterwards, me and Claudia are both on LinkedIn, always happy to answer questions or talk to people. And yeah, th thank everyone for tuning in this morning. There's 350 people, it's crazy. And it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, massively appreciate it. It's, it blows my mind. So thank you. Uh, thank yeah, thank you so much. And thank you to Joe for inviting us always. He's been an absolute nothing short of a legend in business. And he's one of those people, again, like he says, I'm the guy that will just sit in the background and not take the credit, but I'm talking to one in him. Yeah. And he deserves way more credit than he gets. And I think I speak for everyone when I say thank you for continuing to create a community that brings people together and it brought me and Claudia together and Claudia is the best thank thing you, ever in my life so yeah thank you thank you oh, thank you guys
I'm sat here in my tracky bottoms running things from, from little down them. So yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. So thank you guys uh, for, for an incredible session and thank you everyone for turning up. The, the chat section has been unbelievable this morning. It's so wicked to see everyone not only turning up, but contributing, discussing. The luckiest people alive, really, in that sense. Thank you all. I'll send an email with follow-ups with the sponsors and stuff like that, and, and with Ash and Claudia LinkedIn as well. Do take the time to say hello to those. Please do thank the sponsors. It really does make a big difference. And uh, yeah, I hope we've set up your day in a very good way. Just have a great one, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Our next webinar is next Tuesday morning as ever. We'll see you then. Take care.